Hi, everyone. It's Meredith. I hope you're enjoying these final weeks of summer. We're hard at work on season three of Love Letters, and we'll have more news on that very soon. In the meantime, though, I want to share a clip of a new podcast from our friends at Wondery. It's called The Moment. The Moment, hosted by newly engaged comedian and actress Ingrid Haas, tells stories about love, relationships, and dating in a fun, comedic way. In one story, Taylor Swift has a hand in getting one couple together, complete with showing up at their engagement party. In another, a guy named Kirk was in love with this girl in college named Jenny. She had no idea he existed. Eighteen years later, he finally manages to win her over. In a few seconds, we're going to play you a clip of Kirk and Jenny's unusual story. You can find The Moment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. There's also a link in the episode notes. I hope you enjoy it. The year was 1997. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston were an item. On the sinking Titanic, Rose told Jack she'd never let go. And somewhere on campus at Dartmouth College, Kirk's Bond saw Jenny Alden for the first time. And you may know the feeling. I kind of lost it when I saw her, and it was uh, one of those head-turners sort of gulp moments. Kirk was a history major from New York, and Jenny was studying art history and wanted to be an actress. She was from the West Coast, with long blonde hair and a bright smile. It seemed to Kirk like she had dropped in from another universe. She had just this enthusiasm and energy that was kind of infectious. When I got to my tennis team after practice, uh, I remember asking, has anyone seen this freshman? And the response was yes. <laughs> Apparently everybody had. And I was not the first person to recognize or look at Jenny Alden on campus. <laughs> In fact, before the school year had even begun, another guy had swooped in and started dating Jenny. Justin LeBlanc. He kind of locked and loaded me before school even began. That's Jenny. You know, it's not that I had a type. It's that they found me and I was just done. Like, this guy pre-orientation at Dartmouth was a hockey player. I didn't even know, like, what hockey was, to be honest. And he was kind of like, yeah, I'm a hockey player. Like, I wouldn't be impressed. And that just meant nothing to me from California. LeBlanc. Justin LeBlanc. But Kirk wasn't about to give up. He made some big moves. Yeah, I asked her to pass the ketchup to me once. And every time Kirk saw her on campus, his stomach would drop a little. And he'd try to talk to her, but it never really got him anywhere. Jenny only had eyes for Justin LeBlanc. I really just had tunnel vision. I really did not see anyone beyond him. Kirk never did get Jenny Alden in college. She dated the hockey player. Kirk played tennis. Then they both graduated, and Kirk moved back to New York, got a job, dated other people, played more tennis. He'd pretty much forgotten about Jenny. Then, years later, Kirk was with a bunch of friends in the city, and they all went to see the movie Wedding Crashers. I heard that it was, like, the funniest movie, and then I saw this scene, and there was Jenny. And I kind of went, huh, that looks an awful lot like the girl that I was in love with in college. Jenny had followed her dream of becoming an actress, moved to L.A., and yeah, she played a bride in Wedding Crashers. But I remember telling the guy sitting next to me, like, I was in love with that girl in college. He's like, yeah, I'm sure everyone in the theater is in love with her. Like, yeah, obviously. I was like, no, 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 I'm serious. Meanwhile, 3,000 miles away, Jenny had no idea that Kirk even existed. If I met him, I have zero recollection. I never met the guy. 
It would be 18 years before Kirk saw Jenny again in person, and it would take something bigger than ketchup and small talk to make sure that this time around, Jenny would notice him too. And of course, it wouldn't go exactly like it does in the movies. Nothing ever does. From Wondery, I'm Ingrid Haas, and this is The Moment. You've heard this one before. Boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy wins girl back. You've probably heard it because you've seen it in the movies. But how exactly does boy win girl back? Well, it usually involves something bold, a gesture of some kind, and if it doesn't pay off, it will leave the boy flat on his face, metaphorically speaking. This is episode one, He Got Game. Jenny and the hockey player didn't last post-college. It was another decade before Jenny would find the guy she believed was her one. The guy was in a band, had long hair, had a ton of charm. Jenny's friends set them up for drinks. That was like a really instant connection. I was just a sucker for those really confident, charismatic guys who kind of just, they knew, they knew I was the one. And that was really flattering and it felt nice and good. And, you know, so I was like, okay, I guess, I guess this is happening. They got married. Jenny figured this was her happily ever after. The handsome husband, a beautiful house, and hopefully someday soon, a family. Obviously, the next step is kids, which is my real dream, is to have children. But 10 months after the wedding, something awful happened. Jenny was lying on a hammock when it flipped over. She hit her head on the ground. She went to the hospital just to be safe. The doctor came in after that scan. He had this, like, stoner spaghetti posture. and was like, hey, so we got your results. Good news, there's no concussion. There's no internal bleeding. I don't want you to worry, but... It looks like there might be some calcification in your brain and you might want to have that looked at. So I get an MRI the next day and my doctor looks at it and he calls me. He's like, so it turns out you have a brain tumor. Jenny needed brain surgery. And not just any brain surgery, but awake brain surgery. My skull sawed open and my brain just exposed to the world while I was awake. And the doctor was tinkering in there, making sure he was preserving my ability to speak. Just hearing Jenny talk about that makes my brain feel like it's on fire. I can't imagine what it was like for her to go through that. But the result of the surgery was the best possible news. The tumor turned out to be benign. I hit the jackpot as far as brain tumors go. You know, I'm super elated and high on life. I'm so just grateful to be alive. All through this extremely challenging time, Jenny wasn't getting the support she needed from the one person who should have been giving her the most, her husband. He was going out every night and, and um, we'll just skip to it. He was cheating on me. He was sleeping around with a girl he met at Coachella and he was carrying on this affair for eight months before I figured it out and caught him on it. Cheating on your wife while she's recovering from brain surgery says something, but the fact that it's like a Coachella hookup, I'm sorry. I sent him packing. That was May 4th of 2013. I literally have not seen him since. 
In some ways, it took Jenny longer to heal from her cheating husband than her brain tumor. But little by little, she did start to feel better. She still hadn't let go of her dream of having kids, but now she was 36 and single, and she was facing a new reality. Meanwhile, all of her friends were married and had kids. She'd scroll through her Facebook, and it was like a goddamn baby book. Look at my three-year-old starting preschool, and oh my god, like I'm on my fourth child now. It's kids, kids, kids. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden, this picture of this really cute guy pops up, and it says, Kirkspawn moved to L.A. We actually didn't know each other, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, who is this guy, Kirk Spawn, who's moving to L.A.? Um, so I reach out to him. Through his years of living in New York, Kirk had pretty much moved on from Jenny. But it's not like he'd met anyone else who was Ms. Wright for him. Or maybe he wasn't ready to. It was the old, it's not you, it's me. You know, the thought of sort of marriage and kids was so far off and it was kind of so focused on work, on business, on friendships, on building a sort of career and a life that that was how it was. Eventually, Kirk did get engaged two different times to the same woman. It's amazing when you're in a relationship and people always say after the fact that there are red flags and God, why didn't you see that? I think that there was like an army of ants waving little tiny red flags. When he finally broke it off, Kirk decided he needed a fresh start somewhere new. So he started spending part of his time living in Los Angeles. I'm sort of making this transition in life, and I want to reshuffle who I hang out with and, and not try to figure out, like, who and where I want to spend my time. And my friend said, well, you know what? Have you put on Facebook that you live in L.A.? I'm like, I don't know how to use the Facebook. And he helped me, and he wrote, Kirk Spahn moved to L.A., who do I know? you just showed up my feed and it seems kind of coincidental I'm going to a Dartmouth alumni event this week and just curious any chance we knew each other the first instinct was like totally someone's like just like messing with me so when I go on Facebook I'm like oh my god this is her like this is like how what That was just a preview of the moment. To hear the rest of the story, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now.